What is up? Welcome to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. My name is Kate, registered dietitian and emotional eating coach. Each episode, I will bring you a motivational message or an inspiring guest to help you make informed nutrition decisions that fuel your life, not restrict it. Whether you are new to the podcast or an OG listener, thanks for spending this time with me today. Now, let's get into it. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey guys, welcome back to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. Well, welcome back if you've listened before, which fingers crossed you have, but if you haven't, welcome. This is a great first episode to tune into because I have an awesome guest. She and I actually started to record this episode about 10 minutes in, and duh, you'd think I'd figure this out by now, but I had the mic on mute, but I think it just got both of our energies up because she has a lot of amazing inspirational things to say. She is a fitness queen, and let me just tell you, her story is really unique because she hasn't always been into fitness, but right now she does all the things. She's a certified personal trainer and she teaches at a group fitness facility called Body 20 here in Orlando. She also does in-home personal training. She also is a yoga instructor at Orlando Power Yoga. And then she's even taught me about SRI, which I will ask her more about a little bit later in the show so you can learn too. It is somatic respiratory integration. So her name is Dylan Bowman. I'm going to let her introduce herself to you guys for technically a second time. (laughs) Oops, she hates me. But for the first time for you guys, welcome Dylan to the show. What's up, Dylan? Hey, what's going on? Uh, Well, I am excited because I think our little conversation as we got seven minutes and 42 seconds in to the show really got me hyped up because your story as a trainer is awesome and you have a totally different perspective than anybody else I've ever talked to in the training world. So kind of tell listeners how you got into fitness and what's really unique about your training. Um, so how I got into fitness, I when you know when I was a kid, I was not into fitness at all. I did not like the way I felt. I tried all different types of diets, anything that you would think of. I would try like the temporary fix to help like whatever to like get your weight loss for your pounds. But um, once I got into that and really transitioned and went through the weight loss, program and everything and started eating healthy and everything, I started to get into my gift. I've always been really good at reading people to find out what's going on with them emotionally, um, but then I was able to bring that into the fitness aspect of it so I can look at someone in the eyes, tell what's going on with them, what kind of trauma they've had in their life, what patterns they're holding in their body, and to be able to look at you and let's work through that with a workout. Maybe it's uh, yoga, maybe it's SRI, which is breathing exercises to find out the patterns that you're holding in your body. Your issues are in your tissues, to, so to be able to release what's going on in there. So what is it when you... Cause, let me backtrack here, because I've never heard of a trainer use that perspective, and I think it's so cool because the same when I work with people and clients as a nutritionist, I feel like it's almost a counseling technique to really 
ask people questions and look at them and figure out, okay, what are the underlying issues of why you can't achieve your goals? So as a trainer, what things do you look for? What are some telltale signs that there is an underlying issue or root cause that your person needs something special? Um, yeah, that's a great question, actually. Uh, so when when people find out about me as a referral, they have to. They usually ask, "Like, are you are you ready for her? Because she's <laughs> she's the real deal. Like, she's gonna bring up some stuff in you that you're not ready for yet. But if you want to get just a cool workout with you, she can give that with you too. Um, so when I meet up with them, I want to know, you know, everything that's going on. What what's your passion about? What happened? What did you lose in your life? What when is the uh, first time that you stopped trust in your life? What what things trigger you? What uh, foods do you crave the most at what time of the day? Um, what kind of movies do you like to watch? To find out like everything little thing about them as a person to see what lifts them to shift them into who they need to be. They need to le- reach an upgraded version of themselves. Yeah, you, you told me you kind of describe it as you're a life transformer. And when yes. you ask those people those questions that look at the person as a whole and not just one sector of their life, That really does help make that complete transformation because you and I both know as health experts and health professionals that you can't just think about, you know, fitness or nutrition as its own entity. It's part of who you are. And if you really want to make a a transformation, you have to make that part of your identity. You have to make healthy living and and healthy eating part of who you are. Mm -hmm. And that kind of brings me to your story because you were saying, okay, growing up, you didn't like fitness. You didn't care about those sort of things. What was, how did you get into health and how did you become such a multifaceted, unique trainer? Um, You know, I've always been gifted with that, with uh, being able to see people when I was a kid and understand like emotionally what's going on with them. That just always came naturally to them. Okay, so how, you know, I got tired, when I got into fitness, I got really tired of my own bullshit. My, My excuses, everything, I had to like look myself raw in the mirror and be, like, you know what? The only person that's really getting in your way is yourself. Mm. So you have to become real, real and raw with yourself because you can give yourself every excuse in the book. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired of feeling like this. I'm tired of feeling depressed. I'm tired of letting this take over. I'm tired of like trying the temporary fix. I want the permanent fix of upgrading myself to the highest potential that I could be. So I really, I got into a program. I signed up just to a basic program at the gym. It was a six week program that I learned how to eats learned about um, calories and I got a trainer that I worked with every week to really kind of get myself feeling good and then I started to know the endorphin high I started to notice how good I felt and I also got really uncomfortable with how sore I was that was really uncomfortable but I was like you know what I guess this is part of it this sucks but I'm gonna keep going because on the couch being lazy did not compare to the highness of how much I felt like during like when the weight loss, I was like, I feel really good. By the way, I there was a program, the program that I, I got into it. I won, I won actually second place and like the biggest weight loss and everything. So I had to like talk to all the people that were signing up in the next program. Wait, that's awesome. Yeah. So of course, like, of course, winning that totally probably lights your butt on yeah. fire and makes you just want to go all in. Yes. One thing that you said that I love is, okay, the, yeah, the workouts suck and making a change is very uncomfortable. But it's almost like you traded one uncomfortable aspect of your life, you know, not being happy with yourself, feeling depressed, not accepting responsibility for who you are, for another form of uncomfortableness that ultimately is less 
shitty in the long run. You know, it's yeah. almost like you traded one form of suffering for another. And I tell that to people all the time. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it's hard to make a change. It's hard to go out of your comfort zone and do something that just doesn't feel natural. But if you don't, then you're going to be stuck where you are now, which in the long run is worse. It's a worse form of suffering. So what has it been that really keeps you motivated to keep pushing yourself and getting into that uncomfortable realm and, and growing as a fitness trainer and as an individual? Um, I love the way I feel now. I, I feel really, really good um, keeping up with, you know, it's like I'll, I'll compare myself. Even when I have low moments when I'm really tired and I don't want to go to the gym, like I'm now with people all day long. Like, to put myself, be like, okay, great, I get to go back to the gym. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, I've been here all day. <laughs> yes, exactly. But just how I feel now, I just feel so damn good that I just keep upgrading my health. And I just, I motivate myself. And I have a little tribe of people that I, I see for my little healers to keep myself love, like, at its highest potential. And I'm always reading up on things to find out what's going on now, what was old, what was new to keep uh, me inspired and keep me going for my clients and myself. You know, you said something really funny when we were talking earlier that I want listeners to know. You know, something, this is how like all in Dylan is. Like you can just tell she's all in by the way she's talking to you. I mean, she's got her community. She's got herself set up for success. But you told me when you go into the movie theaters, you do lunges. Like that's how serious you are. <laughs> you are going into the movie theater where people are going to sit on their butts and eat and you're lunging in, which I just think is awesome. <laughs> do you get funny looks? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, I do. So when I started doing that, when I started going through weight loss and I was doing lunges in the movie theater my friends are like what the hell are you doing like sit down and I was like no I feel so good I have to do this right now but I do get a lot of looks when I go to the airport and I'm on um uh what do you call it the when you're waiting the terminal termac yes or, uh, <laughs> or even when you have a no, no, when the flight. When you have a flight and then you have to wait. What is it called? I can't wait, aren't you at the terminal? Isn't no. that what it's called? The waiting room, the TSA. No. Well, you have to be there for hours. I, a layover? A layover. <laughs> yes! You guys, it's the middle. It's, it, we are recording this at like 5 p.m., okay? Brain fog. Wah, wah. Yes, okay. when you have a layover. I like to break dance. Like, I'll just Stop. put on like, music and then go through the whole thing. And you have to let go of your ego like during that mm. because your ego will say what the heck are you doing everybody's staring at you and you may actually kind of like inspire someone in there and that's totally I think that's fantastic yeah that's I love that like get out of your own head like get yeah. out of your own ego and when people are sitting there judging you I just feel like they are putting their own self-judgment on someone else because it just feels nicer it feels better to think somebody else is doing something weird or something unusual when really you're just feeling ashamed about not doing anything at all you know you I can just picture this you know fat guy sitting there in his little airport seat with his bag of M&Ms and his coke just thinking like what is this person doing break dancing <laughs> but deep down he wishes he could do that yeah. like he wishes it, I just think that's a lot of, as human beings, I don't fault anyone for judgment because I do it too. I judge people. But I always know when I take a deeper look at myself, if I'm judging somebody for doing lunges in the movie theater, it's because I'm feeling lazy and I'm like, 
I should probably be doing lunches in the movie theater. And I stand there with my, as I stand there pushing more butter into my popcorn, like, oh, I guess I'll do them out of the theater after, <laughs> after I woof this down. <laughs> but I think that's just so badass that you just get out of your own head and you just do what makes you happy. And, when, you know, a body in motion stays in motion. Newton's law. And I think a lot of it is, has to do with the endorphins you get. I mean, you oh, got to feel good working so out all the good. time. Yes. When you work with clients, what are some of your favorite things to see when they transform, not only physically, but mentally? Oh, God. Um, I, I, love, I just love working with people. Um, let's see. I can just tell you. I can tell you love people, and I think that's so important. <laughs> you, cannot be, you cannot be a trainer. You cannot be in the health industry. I don't even think you can be a great doctor if you don't just love people and you love people for all their flaws and you love people for who they are and you just accept people and I like your perspective because you really want to get to know the person and that's a key to me that you genuinely love training people and getting to know them Mm -hmm. and that's how you make connections and that's how real transformation comes have you ever had any kind of client who really just blew your mind with the changes they made um can actually I'm gonna say my brother yeah <laughs> yeah I worked with my brother he is for 10 years apart he was 420 pounds and he went through a big uh, weight loss and lots of crying and he couldn't do like anything lots of yelling and now he's down to 180 pounds and sometimes you know I don't even like to say the weight loss of the numbers because we get so caught up in like how many pounds we're supposed to be losing and it's just about how we feel we have to go on how we feel, how good we feel, how we're taking care of our bodies. And he was probably my biggest one that's hit me pretty hard. I have a lot of other clients that have hit, but just to see someone go for that drastic of a change to change his lifestyle. And he's just amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. Like someone that you're so close to and that you love so much. And like you said, with the scale, we don't want to get so hung up on the number. But when you look at someone who's over 400 pounds, I mean, those numbers just put it in perspective. Yes, absolutely. So keep them accountable and see where, where they're at with things to keep them motivated. But to slowly start to take it away and just look at how you feel and how your clothes fit and go from there. What kind of things have you noticed about his personality or his outlook or his mental health that really just changed? <sighs> So uh, he had like little goals, like he couldn't sleep in a bed without his whole leg going completely numb. Mm. And now, you know, like he couldn't fit on a plane, he couldn't fit in a desk. And for him to go from that to being feeling alive and for him to like start dating and be out there, just his personality, he just shines. Mm. He shines. He shines. I love that. <laughs> That's nice. I That just, that visual is just. It just there's no other good word to captivate how that change can happen because real change starts from the in, inside. Of course, sometimes weight it matters, but what really transforms people and what really gives them the confidence is not just the weight loss. It's all those things that come along with eating healthier and treating your body right. It's really getting to that root cause yep. and transforming from the inside out. And I I notice it a lot with the people I work with is. Yeah, they start losing weight when they stop holding on to things that drag them down and make them feel heavy and make them feel like bad about themselves. When we can let go or we can accept those things and let go and just move forward and focusing on eating healthy and treating our bodies with the love and respect and forgiveness it deserves, that's when the big change happens. 
forgiveness it deserves. That's so good. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the the woo woo in me. I yes. always I always joke. I'm like I get all like <laughs> I don't really know if good. you like Tony Robbins or anything, but like I of course <laughs> <laughs> I get all woo woo. I'm like yeah, I get all in my Tony Robbins vibes. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. We hang out all the time. <laughs> me, me and T Rob, <laughs> we be buddies. <laughs> so you okay? So you do all sorts of different training. What would you say is your favorite type of training? I mean, you do personal training, you do it at Body 20, you do yoga, you do the breathing. Wait, you know, even before you answer that, tell people more about that breathing that you do, the SRI. So uh, SRI, somatic respiratory integration. Uh, I worked with a holistic chiropractor, which is a network spine analysis. And you find out what kind of um, emotional patterns that you're holding in in your body and the tension that you hold in your body to be able to connect with yourself to breathe with your body the more that you're able to move the more clear you can you know see so if you see someone that's hunched over on the street just looking down you know i see that they're leading with a lot of fear a lot of guilt a lot of anxiety more than someone that's really present like tony robbins actually gets worked on (laughs) i believe it (laughs) it sounds like woo woo so it's super woo woo it's so amazing it's awesome but it's that woo -woo stuff that you know people roll their eyes at but the people rolling their eyes at it sometimes aren't the most happy healthy people i'm not saying everyone i'm just saying from my own personal observation from the sidelines there they haven't they haven't found their gift yet. So that some people get stuck in their stuff and they have to have that light. Sometimes you have to have something really awful to happen to you to be like, oh God, you know what? You know what? I'm tired of this. Or they just stay in that pattern, but that's completely their journey. So we can't judge everyone's journey. That's like they're doing the best they can at where they're at. That's a good point. You know, saying that sometimes people haven't quite hit their rock bottom where they haven't really hit their pain threshold that makes them want to change. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when I work with people and I can tell that they want to change, but they're not quite motivated yet, yes. they haven't reached their pain threshold. So I challenge them to say, I'm like, okay, if you don't change, if you don't make a change to how you're living, what's it going to cost you short term, long term? And if they can't really dig deep into that, I say, okay, what's it going to cost your loved ones? What's it going to cost your family, your friends, if you don't make a change and start to get healthy? And a lot of times that triggers them and they'll say something and they'll get really into it and be like, wow, yeah, if I don't lose weight or if I don't start eating healthier and taking care of myself, I could, you know, lose years off my life and my family would suffer from this. And when you kind of can imagine and put yourself in that pain threshold, the what if I don't change, what's it going to cost me? That alone can trick your mind into thinking you're already there. You've already reached that pain threshold because you're putting yourself in that, you know, hypothetical but very possible situation. And that alone can really trigger someone to make the first steps to change. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. When you started to make your own fitness changes and you said, okay, I was tired of my own bullshit, did you hit a rock bottom that really... Was there a moment, a triggering moment for you where you're like, yep, this is it. I'm signing up for this challenge. Or was uh, it a series of things? Yeah, it, I mean, it was a series of things. I used to be uh, suicidal, too. I mean, it, got, it was a really dark hole. And I was like, why am I feeling like this? I mean, I got picked on a lot, too, when I was in school. And trauma from that. And then I just noticed, if you mean, if you feed your body awful, toxic things that have no nutrition, like it really messes with your head. You don't realize it. You think it's actually great and it brings you happy and joy and comfort, but it's actually very toxic. Oh man, that's a truth. Literally the, the person I was just with here before you came to do the interview, he was talking to me. He was 
always eating sugar, always eating candy, loved it. He told me he'd been getting off of it. He hadn't been eating it. We'd been working together for a few months. He's like, the last three nights, I had a pint of ice cream two nights in a row. And then yesterday I went and got candy and I just feel horrible. He's like, I never realized how bad I was feeling all the time from eating this way. Now that I've been eating healthier, I don't even want this candy anymore. He's like, I don't even, I don't know why I did it. You know, we worked through those things, but he was like, I just, he noticed how awful he feels. And a lot of people are eating this way all the time and they're feeding themselves with things that aren't serving their body to to its its greatest potential. And then when they start to make those healthy changes, when they reintroduce those not so awesome foods in high quantities, then they really notice the dramatic changes in how they feel. They feel sluggish, they feel the brain fog, they feel low energy, they just don't feel awesome. And then, you know, it's helping those people find the balance of, okay, how can you enjoy these things once in a while, but not feel like you have to turn to a pint of ice cream every single night? And when you can make those changes and make them pretty habitual, then you don't even want the pint of ice cream every night because you just feel so shitty. Yeah. So it's just, it's really incredible. And thank you for sharing and being so vulnerable and saying that you had gone through a lot as a child. From my perspective, I think the greatest people on earth, the people that make the biggest changes and that can really empathize with others going through health changes have been through some real bad times in their life themselves. You know, the people that just skate through life, not saying that there's many people like that, but who don't have those huge challenges or don't know what it's like to go through feeling depressed or go through feeling overweight and unhappy with your health. It's harder for them to make, I don't want to say it, but I just feel like there's a different approach you can take when you've been through it yourself. How do you feel like going through those experiences has helped you become a better trainer? Oh my gosh, Uh, a a lot. Uh, Because usually when people tell me what's going on, I'm like, I know what you've been through. I know what you're, I don't know, you know, what you're experiencing, but I can relate for sure. Um, more than if you go to someone, not to like bash other trainers, you have to go with who fits right for you. If you go to someone that's never experienced that type of lifestyle, that's been fit their whole life, they don't know what it's like. They have no idea. They're just like, just eat healthy. Like, I don't understand. Just exercise. Like, yeah. just do it. And you're like, you don't get it. They don't get it. Yeah. I, have you ever heard when people say, you know, they see somebody who would be considered obese? And I, I hesitate to use that term because I've been learning a lot that people who are clinically diagnosed as obese don't like that term. So I try not to use that. But when you see someone big and then somebody else says, just put down the hamburger, just don't eat they clearly do not know what it's like because when it comes to making those healthy choices a lot of times it's not just a matter of make healthier choices we have emotional links to food yeah Yeah. we soothe with food we stress eat food is a easy thing to soothe with and a lot of times it stems from our childhood something that we soothed with or used to comfort ourselves when we were younger and so it's not as easy to just say put down the cheeseburger (laughs) because it's something that it's Eating habits and eating rituals are very embedded in us. They are part of who we are, and they cannot just be changed overnight. Now, they can be changed, obviously. You're proof. I'm proof. But it doesn't. it's not as easy as don't eat that. Not at all. Not at all. And you won't make changes in, in that until you, like, you know when people come and they say that they're ready to change, but they don't actually feel the change of what it feels like comparison of what it actually feels like to eat healthy and what it feels like to not eat healthy. If they don't ma- wait that long they're gonna keep going back to the other way because that's just comforting and unsafe. And that's just brings the comfort. The other one's just like, this food tastes like crap, it's so bland, like I don't like it. But once you change your taste budget, like 
this other food actually tastes like crap. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's it's I will always think of this comedian and I don't want to drop his name because well, whatever. It's Louis CK. I know people have mixed feelings about him <laughs> and his history, but just try not to think in that context. But he made the funniest joke once. He was talking about how if you give a kid an apple, they're like, "What is this crap? I don't want to eat this." But it's like, "Here, enjoy this delicious sweet piece of fruit. It's so delicious. It's nature's candy and kids their taste buds are so screwed up from Sour Patch Kids and sugary cereal. They're like, what is this apple? <laughs> but it's like the truth, you know, our taste but th- those sugary things and even diet things that are full of artificial sweeteners, they are so sweet that our taste buds become accustomed to this hyper-sweet flavor that when you give a kid or you give somebody that's been eating, you know, processed sugary foods for years and years and years, you give them something naturally sweet like an apple, yeah, it is going to taste just like cardboard. (laughs) And it's really helping people stay accountable and consistent with making healthy choices. And to be honest, it doesn't take that long to get your taste buds desensitized. I mean, maybe a month, and then you start to notice the difference. Mm -hmm. It's just being, okay, how much do you want it? And how consistent are you willing to be to, to you know, train yourself to eat healthy? Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's a mind game, too. You have to, you have to I don't want to say convince yourself, but in the beginning, yeah, you sometimes have to use some Jedi mind tricks on yourself and say, yeah, this tastes good, this is great, this is nourishing me, and then it, it happens. When I would eat certain foods, I would have to read up, like, the benefits on it be like, okay, so this helps me in this way, this way, this way. So I would get motivated to be like, I can keep I can keep doing this. How long do you feel like it took you to really get in the swing of a healthy lifestyle? Um, so probably when I really made that big shift in myself, three months? Three months, yeah, yeah. Months. And was there a moment when you're like, I am never going back, like, this is me now? Yeah. Uh, when yeah, when I went and felt so good, and then when actually it was like I could actually be do this as a career. Oh my gosh! And I was like, well, then obviously I I can't go back. I can't go back to that at all. Tell me the steps on how you started to make it a career. How did you? When did you decide that? Yeah, I'm going to be a personal trainer. I'm going to do yoga. What What was your mindset like? Um. I mean, from how good I felt, I started looking at, I was working at my dad's office as a receptionist, and I was like, I feel great, but this is not fulfilling me. You mean answering the phone and making (laughs) copies? Yeah, exactly. Okay, just a side note here, I've always thought it'd be kind of fun to be a receptionist, no hate, (laughs) but I'm like, I don't know, I just could picture myself being like, hello, Nutrition Awareness Office, this is Kate, how can I help you? That's just a side note. Anyway. I can see you doing it just for a second, just because the tone of voice, but like fulfillment, no. <laughs> After a while, you're kind of like, what is the point? Yeah, exactly. So I came across this like little ad that said personal training, and I was like, hmm, well, let me call them and then find out a little bit about the program. And then from there, I just kept kept going. I became a trainer, and then I got into um, being a yoga teacher, and then I wanted to teach yen yoga, which I Okay, for people that don't know, what is yin yoga? So yin yoga is more of like a meditation, deep stretching practice to really get into the connective tissue in your body. So you're going to hold poses from three to seven minutes. Okay, so if you guys have never done yin yoga before, it sounds easy. Oh, you just deep stretch. How nice. <laughs> um, no, if you hold these crazy ass positions, like the frog position. Oh, yeah. 
guys, at the frog position, your toes are like back behind you at an outward angle. Your hips are stretched. You seriously feel like a porn star. And you hold, <laughs> you hold it for three to five minutes and you try to get out of that. Holy pain. That is, I remember when I went to my first yoga class, I'm like, oh, great. This is going to be such a nice deep stretch. Look at granny next to me. No, granny bent me over, literally. She was like all doing all these things and I was trying to get out of poses. I was like, forget this. But like we were talking about earlier, it's that uncomfortableness that makes the real change. So you got into yin yoga. That's your passion. You've just, yeah, so you've done all the things. All the things. And then yin. So when you're, when you go through that, that tells me a lot that's going on with you personally. Like, if you- <laughs> okay, yeah, tell me, tell me what's going on with me personally. What's wrong with my hips? <laughs> you're probably holding a lot of uh, guilt and anger in your hips too. So if you feel that that's building up in you a lot, that I would have to do like a demonstration to see a little bit more of what's going on with you. So Not regular yin yoga teachers like know this. I just and to, like just know what's going on too. I mean, I believe it because I've gotten massages before and they can tell me I'm, I always think, oh, I'm really tight in my shoulders, but they will tell me I'm tight in my IT band and my hips. So you can kind of tell where people are holding on to. Mm-hmm. Okay. So kind of tell me, like, give me an example of what somebody could be holding on to if they're tight in a certain position. Um, so let's say that if they're in, if they're in frog and you're, and you're in there and you're shaking and you're trembling, you have to kind of you know, take a moment to look at to what's going on in your mind at that moment. It might be from like, um, something from a teenage, your teenage years. It may from be from last week's stress. It might be something that you're holding on to that you're really angry about that you do not know how to let go. But the one, the moment that you let the stretch happen and surrender to the pose and release the tears and the emotion that goes with it, then you start to heal your body. But we don't like to let go. We like to hold on to everything, which we need to learn to surrender and let things happen. But also you need to acknowledge the emotion that you're holding there because people will say something positive to you like, oh yeah, you're fine, you're gonna be good. And you're like, no, you need to vent it out. Mm-hmm. Just like when children, children get really upset when they get in the store and they can't get their way. So they throw this whole tantrum and they're screaming and crying and then five minutes later they're like, let's play. And you're like, what? You guys are crazy. But they're the healing machines. They teach us a lot because they acknowledge how they feel right then and there and then they let it go. And we need to learn that more. Whereas, you know, I feel like especially as women, we will hold on to things because we don't want to seem vulnerable in front of other people. We want to seem like strong, independent chicks. So that makes a lot of sense to me. So it's not just because I'm lifting heavy weights and not stretching well that I'm holding into. That that can also (laughs) It's probably both. We all all have our deep-rooted issues and I'll spare everyone, right? So what other, what if somebody, let's say somebody was holding on to tension in their their neck. Is there certain things that are probably linked to that in different parts of the body? Because I don't know anything about that. So uh, neck, it depends on what area in their cervicals in their neck it could be that there's a lot of fear going on in their life, that they're concerned of their future, um, that they have a hard time with like control and they get overwhelmed a lot. Their immune system could be really, um, your tension could be really high around your immune system. If you're really overwhelmed, um, trust also there, there's a whole bunch of different patterns that go on that you hide in your body. That's really interesting because I, it makes total sense because when you do hold on to things, you can feel it physically. I mean, you can feel it mentally, most definitely, but you can feel pain build up in yourself physically. Absolutely. I, I've just never really like taken the time to 
to think. I'm like, what am I holding on to? Well, I noticed. <laughs> now you'll check in and he'll think about it. I seriously need to. Well, I noticed with one thing with myself that I've been trying to work on, and this might be useful to anybody else too, that, you know, knows that they need to get more in tune with themselves. But in today's society, we're constantly stimulated. And I feel like I wake up in the morning and I immediately, you know, I brush my teeth, I do that, I let my dog out. Then as I come up to make my coffee or cook breakfast, I immediately turn on, it used to be the news, now I turn on some sort of podcast or video or audiobook, and I'm never alone in my thoughts for mm. very long. I try to do it when I go to bed, but I'm, I'm lucky where I just fall asleep right away. But one thing I've been trying to do is really just let myself be alone in my thoughts because that's where I get my good ideas and that's where I have personal breakthroughs. So when I walk my dog, I'm not listening to music or a podcast. I just have to take time to really get in tune with myself. And when I was practicing yoga frequently, it was a great time because the yoga instructors would talk to us about things and get us thinking and get us to be really introspective. And I think for anybody on a self-healing journey or a health journey, it's important to take time to really tap into who you are and uncover those root issues. I mean, if you are struggling, let's say with food and you can't say no to sugar and you feel this undeniable urge to emotionally eat every time you feel sad, well, no diet's gonna fix that. No. It's getting to know, hey, why are you emotionally eating? What is triggering you to go to the food? Exactly. Yeah, and, it's, and, and with fitness, it's in the same thing, you know, I mean, what's going to keep you going back to working out every single day or staying active or finding movement? What is the good feelings that you're gonna get out of that that helps you find a release? Absolutely, I agree with that. I love that you don't you don't listen to anything, right? When you get up, you've really t- kind of checked into that. You don't have anything, like when you're walking your dog, that's so important to just connect with nature, just be present with him, because we're all constantly scrolling, checking phone, like everything, we're all checked out. Constantly. Some things that, I've, I, don't, I don't know if you have any tips too, but if you do, check in and tap in, but a few things I've tried to do is not listen to the radio while I drive, because I get some thinking done while I drive. And another thing I do is turn off notifications for things. So I have a Snapchat. I don't get messages on my phone for Snapchat because they distract me. My email, my phone doesn't even buzz anymore when I have my email. My Instagram, I never would get notifications from that. Otherwise, I'd pull my hair out. So like doing things to get out of social media and stop distracting your brain all the time is so important because when you spend time with yourself, that's when you can really heal and kind of work through any internal heaviness that you're holding on to. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) So I have, there's a timer app that you can have. Oh yeah, the timer app. I love the timer app. It's like, hey, you've got five more minutes and you're (laughs) like, oh my God, I gotta answer all the DMs. But it's like, nope. And I tell people too, you know, I'm like, if you are always distracted by, you know, direct messages on Instagram, because I know a lot of people like us, we have businesses on Instagram and we connect with people on there and we just want to talk to people and help, you know, extrovert problems. I always am like, oh my God, I've got to reply to their message right now. I have to get to this email as soon as I get it. It's like, no, you don't. Like the world's not going to end if you don't get on Instagram for a day. (laughs) Like you can leave your phone in your house and walk your dog. No one's going to die. It's so true. We're always on call. Like we have to always think that we need to answer right then and there. And we we don't. Mm-hmm. We don't. Why are we doing that? Why are we giving so much availability when we need to give to ourselves? Oh man, I don't know. It's like also it's like that little weird dopamine hit you get when you get a new like message. Oh, You're like, ah, oh, yeah. Stupid. It's so stupid. It's like we can get the same dopamine hit no. from a walk outside or a workout. Yes. I know. And you know, we were talking earlier about people who, you know, and I've been through this a lot with emotional eating, it's almost 
hit it, it's a dopamine hit when you go to food when you're feeling sad. Well, one of the things that worked for me, and you can tell me if this is true for you, is I replaced that with movement and exercise and other things that give me the same endorphin rush, but are actually progressing me towards something. So, you know, I always hear people, not always hear, but I see people online that say like, don't force yourself to work out if you don't want to. Well, I want to work and move out every day because that's kind of my way of healing and coping and spending time with myself. Mm-hmm. And it's a pro- a um, progressive way. I don't know if progressive is the right word, but it's a proactive way to help heal myself. Was that something that you experienced too? Oh, yeah. And then sometimes even when I go to the gym, like I won't even be that into it, but I'm proud that I went in there and stretched and I moved around and just did a little bit of work because sometimes it's not always the same performance in it. But as long as I'm moving and keeping up with my health, that's, yeah, that's what's most important. That's such a good standard to hold yourself to because it's not unreasonable and it makes you feel good about yourself even when you go and do something a little less intense than you might normally do. Mm -hmm. If you just hold yourself to a realistic standard of, I'm just gonna get some movement in today, I'm gonna get my blood flowing, I'm gonna prioritize my health, well then it's only up to you to reach that standard. Nobody else is in charge of it. So you can be accountable on your own self and it's not such a unrealistically high standard that if you, it's not, it's like if you hold yourself as a standard of, I'm going to do 10 sprints every single day and work out in the gym for an hour. Well, it's hard to keep that up every single day. So when you don't do it one day, then you feel bad about yourself and you feel like a failure and that doesn't get anybody anywhere. I agree. I agree 100%. So if you could give a couple tips to somebody who wants to start exercising, wants to start working out or making a fitness change, what would that tip or tips be? Um... Start moving. Start moving. (laughs) Start moving. Start realizing what things you have that are toxic. Like, how often are you on your phone? What are you watching? Um, Who are you surrounding yourself? Look at your little, um, your your tribe of people that you surround yourself with. Like, do you notice your conversations, what you're having? Surround yourself with positive people. Start looking at little videos that kind of lift you and shift you into a different, you're coming into a different version of yourself. So moving, being real with your pantry and start throwing out all this stuff. They're like, let me look at the ingredients in this and they can always reach out for you for the rest of that, right? Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, But just to see which actually has the real ingredients and what you need to eat and then taking taking baby steps. Don't go in and go, I'm gonna work out six to seven days a week. I'm like, no, 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 no. Two days, just start adding it in and then you start noticing how you feel. And then you're like, I can add in more. Mm -hmm. Don't, um, Don't lie to yourself. Be real with yourself. It sounds like really tap into your environment and be real, you know? I like that tip of check out and see who you're with. Who are you surrounding yourself with? And that includes not only physical people you're with, but what are you looking at on social media? What kind of things are you watching on TV? Are you watching depressing things Mm -hmm. with negativity? Well, that subconsciously is going to send a message to your brain that the world sucks and we're all victims and blah, blah, blah. But if you surround yourself by people and with news outlets and media outlets that are uplifting and positive, it makes such a difference. I mean, I tell people, if you are hooked on social media, go through and look at who you're following. Look at those posts that you're constantly engaging with and are they putting out content or putting out information that's going to help you grow? Or is it looking at pictures of people with, you know, quote unquote, perfect bodies that just make you feel bad about yourself, you know, holding up a supplement with a discount code in a bikini. Does that make you feel awesome? Does that make you feel motivated? Then yeah, keep watching it. But if you feel, oh my God, like I'll never be this great, just click on follow. You'll forget about it. 
I love the hat. Yeah. Yes. It, it's it's just changing your environment, and like you said, in baby steps. Yeah, baby steps. And of course, checking out your pantry, right? Like, <laughs> what was right. I? We were talking. I was listening. Okay, obviously, I like comedy. I was listening to <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld comedy, like random, right? And he was talking about how. Parents growing up would serve cookie crisps. He loved cookie crisps. <laughs> right? Because he's like, what a silly concept. Putting cookies in a bowl of milk for breakfast and sending your kid on their way. Yes, I know. Right? But, like, you look back at that, and now it's like, oh, my God. Like, let's just eat a bowl of cookies. <laughs> like, hell yeah, sign me up. But then you wonder, I'm like, why are, is everybody so addicted to sugar? Well, it's because we were eating cookie crisps and... <laughs> And all the, what is it? Count Chocula was serving us breakfast. Oh, yeah. Booberry. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay, there's this one brand of cereal. It's called Cracklin' Oat Bran. And it looks like dog food. It does not look good. It tastes amazing. And my mom was buying it, and we're like, this is so great. It's oat bran. We look at the back. It's like three-fourths of cups is as much sugar in a candy bar. Wow. We're like, oh, no wonder this shit tastes so good. It, it's seriously squared like dog food. And we're like, this is what we're eating for breakfast? Yeah, so like you said, check the ingredients, check your environment, check yourself. What, what food did you love? Growing up? Oh, yeah. my God. Okay, Gushers, first of all. Like, that's Gushers. the first things that come to mind. Yes. I would come home. Okay, this is what a, a fat kid at heart I was. And I don't know how I wasn't, like, way. I mean, I got overweight when I was in college. But as a kid, I was always, like, pretty normal size. But I would come home from school, and I would have one or two Hot Pockets, like, as an after-school snack. What? And, I mean, maybe I had Lean Pockets. So, you know, pat on the back for that. I'd have one or two Lean Pockets or one of those, like, um... South Beach little paninis that you would make on a fold. Does anybody remember those? Yeah. Oh my God. They're not even good. They look so good on the cover. And every time I'd eat them, I'd either burn my mouth and not taste it, or I'd be like, this does not even. But I'm going to keep eating it because mom keeps buying it. Or I do that, or I eat the gushers afterwards. So, of course, never just one pack of gushers, of right? Oh my God. And then my mom did Weight Watchers, and she'd buy these little Weight Watchers one point cakes. They're little like cakes with a strip of icing quote-unquote icing on them and i would down like three of those and be like nothing what's next <laughs> what about you what was the what was the trigger food um i still like them to this day <laughs> what is it i would so my i would like eat not this now not eat this now but five pounds of twizzlers like i would have a whole container. okay have you ever not a day though it would take me a couple days <laughs> She I wants you all to know that. Hey, I mean, well, it's just, it doesn't fill you up. So, yeah, no. I could get through a pound. I mean, five, five pounds, pounds. That's a lot, girlfriend. With, like, a two-liter Coke, I would just have it as a straw. Like, <gasps> Wait, yes, Twizzlers <laughs> as a straw and soda because the acid from the soda, like, breaks it down and it gets all chewy. They, yes. There's a bar here in Orlando that serves you a Twizzler with every cocktail. What? Um, see, I don't Mathers. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. They don't give you five pounds. Don't worry. But, I just got excited because I just remembered when I had a drink that they did serve me a Twizzler. Now, I have it. I do enjoy a Twizzler two, three, four, five. Yes. But I don't need to have a pound or five pounds. Right. You enjoy your Twizzler yes. and you move on. Exactly. Well, hey, yes. I mean, as a dietitian, I mean, I still enjoy lots of naughty foods. Now, Gushers, I don't think I really would eat one of those. Now, I'm like, I'm like, why did I like those so much or something about it? But we all have our thing. I'm trying to think of something weird that I like. I don't know. I liked Pop-Tarts a lot. Oh, yeah. Wait, what was your flavor? S'mores. 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 Did you ever put them in the freezer? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was a thing. I remember, okay, this was weird. One, This is in high school. 
for lunch every day, and this just gives me like the heebie-jeebies thing about it. I would get a thing of cup of noodles, like ramen noodles. Oh, I hate cup of noodles. Oh, yeah. That was lunch. It's a jam. It was weird. <laughs> and I had this friend that I just like really looked up to, and she would do that too. So we would go to the, the store in our school, pay $1.25 for a cup of noodles, and then we would get pretzels. But we would pick the salt off our pretzels before we ate them. I don't know. I like that salty pretzels. But she did it, so I did it. I just wanted to be cool. And that was lunch. I'm like, I was eating straight cardboard for lunch <laughs> yeah. every day. But we would drink water, so good for oh, us. Wow. Now I look back, I'm like, I ingested that all the time. And somehow you feel? Probably not that great, honestly. <laughs> that and all the drinking, it was just a bad lack of sleep. It was a wild time, so I've come a long way. With, I'm holding a bottle of water right now. I've come a long way. <laughs> okay, so we've been chatting enough here. I'm starting to get hungry talking about this this food, and it is mm. almost dinner time. So, Dylan, I wanted to ask you if there's any last you know words of advice that you could give to anybody listening who's really looking forward to starting a health journey. I know you gave us our tips, but do you, you're so motivational. Do you have any words of wisdom to send them on their way? Uh, you know, to not, not do not get discouraged to start. You know, it's never ever too late to start now, and to not start on a Monday. Let's start tomorrow. Yeah, like just be real with yourself. You don't need. To, to you know go and eat and treat your body like crap before you start because it's gonna hurt much worse so baby steps coming into it and you can do this you can absolutely do that it's worth it you're worth it and to just just do it just yeah. do it just do it take a tip <laughs> from Nike. Sim- simple as that yeah hell yeah yeah make it simple that's a good that's good just keep it simple you don't have to make it a whole production starting on monday no. just Make a change. Like, what is one thing that you want to change? Do it now. Just do it now. Just do it now. One thing, focus on it. That's all. So, Dylan, if we want to keep up with you, where can we find you on social media? Or, you know, how can anybody get in contact with you if they want to learn more or do your training if they're local here to O-Town? I also do FaceTime sessions, too. Okay. So, people when they travel. And then I've had clients where they've... Um, paid for me to go on trips with them to keep them accountable. Oh, nice. With them too. Um, Dylan, it's your time.com and okay. then Dylan, um, it's your time on Instagram. Perfect. So I will make sure I link all of those things in the show notes so you can keep up with Dylan. And if you want her to travel with you for accountability or if you want to just keep up with her and all of her fitness things, you can do that. Well, Dylan, thanks again for coming out here today, driving on I-4 traffic to come, you know, yeah, right. (laughs) If anybody is in Orlando, they probably just like got a little nauseous when I mentioned I-4 traffic. But thank you for coming out here. I can't wait to have you again on the show. We'll have to do this again. Thank you so much. It's a great conversation. So guys, if you liked today's episode, please feel free to share it with a friend and leave a review. If you really loved it, it means a lot to me. If you guys leave a review, let us know what you liked and what you want to hear more of so we can bring it to you guys on the next episode. I always feel like Dr. Dre when I say that on the next episode. (laughs) All right, I'm setting out before I ramble too much. Bye. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, please email kate at orlandodietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time, keep it real 